Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. So you strayed. Rather than being faithful to your spouse, you got involved, maybe for a short period of time, maybe for a longer period of time with someone else. But now you've decided you want to put the marriage back together. You're hoping your spouse can figure out how to forgive you. You're trying to figure out, is there something we can do to make our marriage good again? Because I don't want to continue the affair. I want to have my marriage. That's what we'll be talking about today in Relationship Radio. This is Relationship Radio, an extension of Marriage Helper International, hosted by renowned marriage and relationship expert, Dr. Joe Beam, and CEO of Marriage Helper, Kimberly Beam Holmes. We answer your questions directly with research-based principles that you can implement immediately. Regardless of the situation, what we teach will not only make your relationships better, but will also help you to become the best version of yourself along the way. Turn up the volume and prepare to take notes as we begin this week's episode of Relationship Radio. I'm Dr. Joe Beam with Marriage Helper, and this is Kimberly Holmes. She is our CEO, also a very knowledgeable, very wise young lady trying to complete her PhD right now. And as we work together, we have fun doing this particular program, Relationship Radio. Our organization is so large. We work with so many thousands of people. This is the only thing that Kimberly and I get to do together anymore because we're both drawn in so many different directions. So, Kimberly, I'm glad we're still doing this. Now, we look at this and somebody says, okay, I want to put my marriage back together. Hmm. I've had an affair. What is one thing that we would make sure that they understand right off the bat? Yes. Well, the first question that we would ask that person is, do they, does your spouse know about the affair? And if not, if you've been hiding it, then the first thing that you need to do is confess that you've had an affair because it's going to be so much better for them to hear about it from you than from someone else. And don't think that they're not going to hear about it from someone else. You can never be fully sure that you've kept it a total secret and no one's going to find out. For all you know, the affair partner might one day just up and call your spouse and tell them about what's happening in order to try and get the marriage to end. So tell your spouse about what you've done. Even if the affair is done and you feel like you've hidden it, you don't need to, you need to get that off your chest and you need to confess it to your spouse. They probably Mm -hmm. already know something's not right anyway. They probably know that something's not right. You're right. Uh, Another way to think about that then is that the truth becomes part of your past. Lies lie awaiting in your future. Mm -hmm. So if if you're not telling the truth, for example, if my wife had asked me, did you have an affair? And I told her no, but I had one that lies waiting out there somewhere. And you say, well, well, my spouse never asked. Okay. But if other people have seen you, other people know about it, then that lie is still lying out there somewhere in the future. So it hurts to hear it from you, mm-hmm. but it'll hurt a lot less to hear it from you than it's going to uh, feel if they hear it from someone else. 
Absolutely. Sometimes when people say, well, I know I did wrong. I cheated, but it's it's time to put the marriage back together. My wife or my husband needs to forgive me so we can move on. Tell them that's what they should do. Mm-hmm. Well, you must understand that if you have been the one who strayed, if you're going to put the marriage back together, you need to understand and accept the fact that it's your spouse's decision as to whether or not to continue the marriage or to end it. So don't think in terms of, well, I'm sorry, therefore you have to do this because that'll put an attitude in you and lead you to act in such a way that's going to backfire on you in all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. And so understand, be sorry for what you've done, but don't push because it's your spouse that has the right to make a decision as to whether to forgive you and then whether to take you back or not. So keep that mindset so that you don't become someone who thinks you're putting the marriage back together, but you're actually making things worse because you're pushing so hard. Mm-hmm. Of course, our hope and goal at Marriage Helper is that you do put it back together and your spouse does decide to stick through it and make the marriage work. But just like Joe said, pushing them and forcing them and having them feel controlled into doing that is not the right way to do it. Another point here is that as you are confessing what you have done, you really need to make sure that you don't, that you don't assign blame to your spouse or justify what you did. We talk more about that in a previous episode that you need to go listen to because we go way more into depth about all of that process. It's the episode on I had an affair surviving infidelity. So we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Listen to that after this one, but don't don't assign blame, take full justification for what you've done and realize that your spouse wants you to understand that you have hurt them. So allow that process to happen. And again, go back to that episode. We talk about that in way more detail, but be sure that you apologize. It can sound so simple, but really be sorry for what you've done and express that apology and repentance to your spouse and be willing to change what you've done. And there actually are some things you need to understand about that. But if you go back and check previous episodes, and we hope that you listen to all of them, obviously, then you'll hear us talk about the fact that you don't say I'm sorry over and over again for a long period of time because you program both of you to think that you're no good. Mm -hmm. So while you need to indicate that you're sorry for what you did, that you're sorry for the pain that you caused, that you're trying to understand the pain, there's also a way to do that where you don't beat yourself up. Hopefully you can find that in previous episodes. If not, send us a question about that. That will answer it all over again. Mm-hmm. And as you're going through this process, confessing your spouse is going to have questions. They probably will have a lot of questions. Ask your spouse for the permission to not share anything with them that would create a visual in their mind. So this isn't you trying to hide more things or, or get away with not sharing certain things. You may need to answer certain questions, but in a way that's not going to paint a picture in their mind of exactly where you were, what you did, how you did it, but simply maybe the answer to the question of uh, the way that Joe has said it before is if the question is, did you kiss her? A simple yes or no could suffice. If they say when, where, how, maybe you ask, please don't make me share that because it's going to paint a picture in your head that isn't going to be what really happened and that you're never going to get out of your head. As a matter of fact, sometimes I would even recommend if the question, did you kiss her comes up, you reply like this, rather than saying even yes or no, say something like, uh, 
I, I really don't want to remember those things. And so please allow me not to look into my mind to try to find those memories. I don't want them. And, and can you handle, you know, can you accept the fact that I don't want to talk about that? I'm sorry for what I did. Let's move on. So any question like that, they want to know. And then asking not to share visuals is an important thing. Just the other day, Kimberly working with a guy and he said, well, I had to know. I just had to know. And so he had to know. He found out some things and now those things he found out are haunting him. Mm-hmm. So it's it's for your benefit and health. Okay. And it's for the benefit of health of both spouses. Ask not to share. Ask permission not to share. Mm. Joe, I have a question about that. So what if there's an instance though, like the question of, did you have sex with her? Did you have sex with him? Now that could create a visual, but it could also be a health concern such as, do I need to go and get tested for certain things? So how would you recommend that they handle those? And and a question like that, I would think that you're right about the yes or no. It's when you start becoming specific. Mm -hmm. Did you kiss her? Did you touch this? Did you do that? That's when when I think you're going to wind up getting in trouble because you start creating the visuals. But yeah, I think that that you're going to have to, if you had sex with them, saying that you didn't, which by the way, Kimberly, we hear all the time, somebody who's been sleeping with somebody else for three months, six months, a year Mm -hmm. sometimes, and they're now trying to put the marriage back together and they tell their spouses, no, we never did any of that. And the spouse is going, but their hotel records and their mm-hmm. et cetera. So what we say is that you need to be transparent and tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Ask not to create visuals on specifics if you can. But you know, as well as I do, Kimberly, we hear it all the time. People say my, my, my anger toward the affair is as much as anything aimed at the fact that they lied to me or she lied mm-hmm. to me. And they become really sensitive to that. Now, of course, what I'm thinking is, if they were cheating on you, did you really expect them to be truthful? Mm -hmm. I understand, though, at the same time, if they're lying, it hurts. So any lie from the time you start putting the marriage back together, any lie has a much greater negative consequence than any lie you told before you tried to put your marriage back together. So therefore, be transparent, be open, be honest. Don't lie even about the smallest thing, because if you're trying to put the marriage back together, your spouse is going to key on that thing you lied about Mm -hmm. and find it very, very difficult to trust you. Mm -hmm. Trust is key. Absolutely key in the foundation of the relationship. Another point here as well is that your spouse is probably going to want to know why? So not just asking visual detailed questions, but why did you have an affair? Why did you even do this? How did you get involved with her? How did you get involved with him? This can be very difficult because you may not even fully know why. And so don't try and come up with answers. Don't try to grab at excuses. This goes also back to don't justify what you've done, but answer as best you can if there's an answer, but also a very decent answer is, I don't really know why it happened. I don't know what led me to do this, I, but I am sorry that it did. I hate that it did. I regret that it did. And I want to put it back together. Try not to dwell on those past and the reasons of why. Try and focus on the future and how you can move forward. Yeah. And sometimes it's going to be difficult for your spouse to accept an I don't know. You have to know. You have to know. <laughs> if you can do this gently and without being combative or competitive or argumentative, sometimes you might reply like, have, have you ever done anything? And after you did it, you wondered, why did I do that? I don't know why I did that. Now, we can help you figure out the why. 
As a matter of fact, we'll talk later about our workshop that we do. And in that workshop, it's amazing how many people have the light bulbs go off. Oh, that's why I did that. Oh, that's how I did that. But, you know, that's a three-day intensive workshop. We have here a half-hour program. So we can't help you figure it out here like this. But Kimberly is correct. Don't appear to justify it. Don't appear to blame anybody else on the planet for it. Take full responsibility. And if you do know why something happened, tell them. Just don't make it sound like it's somebody else's fault. Tell them as much as you know. And what you don't know, you can say, I'd like to know more about that myself. I would love to find out about that. Maybe we can find somebody who can help us. Mm-hmm. When putting it back together as well, you probably need to create STOPS and CORES. So STOPS is an acronym that we use that means safeguards that offer protection. And CORES is another acronym that stands for Continuing Our Relationship Essentials. You're going to need the STOPS. Your spouse is going to need the STOPS because it's a way to set boundaries. How can we set up those, those safeguards that will prevent further actions that shouldn't happen to occur while also protecting our relationship? And then what is needed in order to continue our relationship? Maybe it is we need to go to this marriage workshop that Marriage Helper does because there we will learn how to put this together. That could be a core. It could also be many other things. And this is the great value of having a coach helping you and your spouse work through this part as well, because it can be very unique and personal to your unique situation. And you need to be sure that you do it in a way that both of you feel that you're getting what you need and neither of you is being overly punishing or controlling in the way that you're doing it. Excellent. And then Kimberly, we say that if you're going to put it back together, you're going to have to be patient and consistent. Mm -hmm. After a marriage, if you're going to put the marriage back together, you have to be patient. Don't push the spouse to move faster because you want to be forgiven and move on. And you've got to be consistent. Now, you're not going to be consistent perfectly. Nobody is. But as consistently as any human being can be. In other words, try not to vacillate. Don't go home and you're trying to reconcile and then you leave for a week and then you come back. That's not good for you. It's not good for your spouse. Whatever you do, you need to try to do it consistently and with some understanding of what's happening, what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And be available to your spouse physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. What does that mean? I mean, the bottom line is it means to be there for them, to actually be present, be in the house when they have questions, when they want to talk, allow them to do so emotionally tend to their emotional needs, empathize with them, share your emotions with them spiritually, be the person that lives up to the beliefs and values that you have. Do what is best to continue your family bond and your your marriage and do what it takes to make the marriage even better. Be there. Based on the principles we've talked about so far, we're about to go into some questions that have been submitted to us. Just before that, uh, Kimberly, uh, don't we have some kind of an affair recovery toolkit? We do. We ha- yes, we have two of them. So we have one that is called I Had an Affair recovery toolkit. And then there's the, my spouse had an affair recovery toolkit. Both of these are very helpful. And when there has been an affair that has occurred to help each person understand from each point of view, what happened, why it happened and what you can do to rebuild the relationship from there. 
I highly recommend that not only the person listening to this who's maybe had the affair get the one for them, but even if their spouse is willing and and softened to the situation to get that for their spouse as well for them to go through as a launch pad to be able to put the marriage back together. And we also are offering a 10% discount when you listen to the podcast. So you can use the code podcast when you get the toolkits in order to save that 10%. But you can find it. We'll have the link in the show notes, but you can also go to marriagehelper.com and click on the courses tab and you can find both of those recovery toolkits there. Our first question is being read by Jason Markham. Jason is on our video team. He's a lead editor. And what that means is that our podcast, the YouTube videos that you watch, all of those are possible and you see them in the great quality that they are because of the work that Jason does. So very important part of our team. Let's listen to Jason. Thank you, Joe and Kimberly for that introduction. Today's question says, I cheated on my wife. The reason that I cheated on her doesn't matter, but I want nothing more than to win her back. Is it possible to get my wife back and save my marriage, even though she doesn't want to right now? It's not unusual that she doesn't know if she wants to put the marriage back together right now. As a matter of fact, she might even be thinking, there's no way on earth I'm ever going to forgive you. No way on earth we can ever put this back together. But please don't let that cause you to panic. We have worked with thousands, and I'm not exaggerating. Thousands and thousands of couples over a couple of decades now. And in working with all those couples over the 23 years we've been doing workshops for marriages in crisis, we have seen that quite often the spouse who's been hurt is like, I either am not going to come back to this marriage or I don't know if I want to come back to this marriage. So don't panic that she feels that way. Give her time. Most likely she is grieving. She's lost something that's important. You said, well, wait a minute, I'm here. I've tried to put the marriage back together. She hasn't lost me, but she still lost something that's important. She lost what she expected that marriage to be. She lost trust in you. And so she probably is going through a grief process and the grief process is not linear. It's not like you do this and this and this and this. It's just kind of all mixed up and goes different directions. It goes through denial, through anger, through bargaining, all kinds of things. And again, in no set order, they used to think that it had a set order, but it doesn't. And so be patient. Give her some time. Let her grieve. The second point is to not push her to do or act or be or any of that more than she's willing to at the time. So don't push her to give more than she's willing to give right now, to commit more to the marriage than she's willing to commit. The only way that's going to happen, you do it by doing the things you need to do, by being present, being being willing to work on the relationship, being honest, asking for forgiveness, be consistent in those things. And that is what can draw her back into wanting to work on the marriage, but you can't force her into it. And if you want more information on that, go to the episode that's just prior to this one, the first ep- uh, the first episode of, of season three of Relationship Radio, and we get even more information about that there. Mm-hmm. Another part of that in not pushing and doing the right kinds of things is let her lead the conversations about forgiveness, about the affair, about the future anything else. It's amazing how many times one spouse thinks, well, I'll just use my persuasive ability and I'll keep talking until finally I convince her or him to take me back and everything's going to be okay. Uh, 
Kimberly, recently in one of our online intensive three-day workshops that I was leading, actually, we had one guy who, for the three days of the workshop, never stopped talking to his wife. I mean, the the sound was off. We could see them on the video, but the sound was off. It was online on Zoom. And and she couldn't have possibly heard anything that we were teaching, uh, couldn't possibly understand anything we were trying to explain because of the fact that he talked to her nonstop. Mm. And what he was doing was he was going to talk her into forgiving him. He was going to talk her into staying. Mm-hmm. He was going to talk her into having a great future. So rather than letting her learn the information that really could help her, mm-hmm. <laughs> he just overwhelmed her. And so don't think, well, we've got to talk about this forgiveness thing. Then let me ask her if she's ready to talk about it now. We've got to talk about the future. Let me ask if she's ready to talk about it now. now just let her know whenever you're ready to talk about anything. So am I. Mm-hmm. But don't push it. She's going through this grief process. Let her process it. Mm -hmm. And as she processes, then let her lead the conversations about those things. Now, you make it clear. I'm ready to talk about it anytime you are. Don't make it seem that you're trying to avoid the topic. Mm -hmm. But while you make it clear you're ready, you don't push it. Mm -hmm. You let her lead those conversations. Mm -hmm. So when you use some smart contact right there. Mm -hmm. That's right. And then patience is crucial. So just as Joe was saying, be patient. It's going to take time and continue to be consistent in everything that you're doing. And when she is willing to come back to try and work on it, to talk about it, then we would love to help. We have our workshop that the two of you can come through together. We have resources that both of you can use to help put the marriage back together. That is so helpful in being able to do it the right way with less bumps in the road than you would experience (laughs) If you were to do it yourself. <laughs> Our workshop's not just for couples who have uh, had their marriage affected by infidelity. There are all kinds of situations that come into it. But if you were to come to the workshop, and we'll explain more about that in a few minutes. If you did that, then each of you is going to understand a whole lot more about the why. But did you get my point right here? Be patient. Let her grieve. Be there for her whenever she wants you to be. Don't push anything. And then... Let us help you get back on the what we call the love path to put it back together. Mm-hmm. So we have a, another question from another husband. Kimberly, who's reading this question for yeah. us? Our next question is being read by Logan Savage. Logan is our customer success manager. What does that mean? That means that Logan and his team are responsible for all of the people that contact us at Marriage Helper. If you have ever sent an email, if you have ever called in or chatted on our website, they are the happy, amazing people that are responding back to you with courageous compassion every single day crucial part of our team. And Logan does a great job leading that team as well. Logan, let's listen to this question. Thank you, Dr. Joe and Kimberly. The question we received today comes from a husband and he asks this, what actions should I reasonably expect my wife to take when she's trying to regain my trust after a limerent affair and a one-time affair. She communicated with them via work phone and social media. Should I expect access to those things during the time of trust rebuilding? As you notice, that question from that husband was not about how do I get past the fact that I had the affair so we can put the marriage back together. He's asking, what can I expect from my wife? I mean, we want to put the marriage back together, but aren't there some things I can expect of her? And Right off the bat, the answer is 
Yes. Yes, there are things you can expect from her. It's fair. It's fair for you to expect her to understand your hurt, the pain that you've gone through and all those kinds of things. So as he asks, should I expect to be able to look at her social media, her phone, the things that she used to contact that person? The answer is yes. You should be able to have transparency. There should be transparency and accountability there. Now, if your wife is not willing to give that right now, then there's still some more work that needs to be done in in really her ending the affair and beginning to put your marriage back together. So one thing that you could do is explain to her how it makes you feel using the I statements, um, expressing your feelings without trying to attack her, but simply saying, when you are continuing to hide, or I feel like you're hiding those things from me, it's hard for me to trust you and for us to put the relationship back together. Would you mind sharing access to that with me? That's going to be a key point in really being able to heal and recover from this. And you can even explain to her because this particular husband, as you heard, you know, she's still having contact with apparently not just one guy, but two guys. One guy she had a physical affair with what he called a one time affair, what we would probably call a one night stand. And the other guy was a limerent affair. Mm-hmm. And so it, he indicates, or at least the way he, he wrote that question that uh, uh, Logan read for us a few minutes ago, is that she's still contacting with both of those guys. Now, uh, if you demand that she stops, understand that if you make that demand, you're going to have to bring about consequences. Therefore, we refer you to go to our website, marriagehelper.com, and use our search engine on that page and look for the definitive guide to boundaries. Mm-hmm. It'll tell you how to do that. But if you'd rather have a, an easier approach in the sense of not being so demanding and not risking quite as much about uh, ending a tenuous marriage, then we would say, explain as Kimberly just talked about, but explain in terms of the pies. In other words, if you continue to have contact with these guys, let me tell you how it's affecting me physically. If it's affecting you physically, let me tell you how it's affecting me intellectually. In other words, this is what it's doing to my thinking. This is how it's affecting my job It's how affecting the way I drive to work. I mean, sometimes I'll be three blocks from work and wonder how I even got there because I'm obsessing about this so much or how it's affecting me emotionally. It's leading me to be worried. It's leading me to be uh, uh, stressed. It's leading me to be depressed, anxious, those kinds of things. Spiritually, here's how it's affecting me with my own beliefs and value system. And as Kimberly said, you do it from the framework of I, this is how your contact with them affects me. I'm asking you to stop having any contact with them whatsoever. And these are the reasons I'm asking you to do it for me. Now, she still may say no. But if that's the case, then you're going to want to talk to one of our coaches so that that uh, he or she can help you think things through a little bit deeper. Because as Kimberly said, if she said, I, I hear what you're saying, but what about me? What about I? what I feel? What about the fact that I enjoy talking to those people? Mm-hmm. Then you're not quite as far along as you think you are in the sense that uh, can't I expect this? Can I expect that? You can't expect anything beyond where the person is at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so if she's far enough along, this I thing will work. You can say it and you can get her to cooperate with you. If she's not that far along, then either you make the hard stops and cores that we talked about a little earlier, or, or you just try to figure out, okay, how can we go from where we are to a better point before we start doing the things where there's no contact with them. And that's where talking to one of our coaches can help you think those things through. Mm-hmm. 
The reason she may not be as far along as you hope she is is because she might be in that grief process. I mean, the person that's been cheated on goes through a grief process. But the person who, particularly those who have had a limerent affair, that emotional connection becomes so strong that when they end that, they actually go through a grief process as well. Now, I know you don't like that. You don't want that to occur. You're saying that's not right. It's not the way it should be. We're not talking about what should be. We're talking about what is. And so that might be some of the reasons she's having trouble getting past talking to these guys, at least the limerent guy, is because she might be going through a grief process. Now, we can help with that. But we'll talk about more in just a few minutes how specifically we can help from that. But Kimberly, let's just uh, start wrapping this program up. What are the key takeaways for today? Mm -hmm. The first one is that accepting each person in the relationship is at a different stage of healing is important if you want this to work. So the person who has had the affair may actually be way ahead in their healing and in overcome and overcoming in their mind what they've done than the person who has been cheated on, especially if the person who's been cheated on didn't know about it until recently. Yeah. It's all very right. new to them. So accept that that could very well be the case and probably is the case. Or just the opposite, where the person that had the affair is is lagging behind. Yeah. And so where each person is at the moment. There's no set standard for this. It's very fluid. The second point is that each of you need the other person to understand your pain. The empathy part here is key. You may be feeling grief. They may be feeling grief, guilt, repentance, anger. There's a lot of emotions that could happen and stopping to understand your spouse's pain and how that is representing in their life can help them actually stop and want to understand yours as well. So, but both of you need to do that. And we understand that you may be thinking, wait a minute right here. The, the one who strayed should be trying to understand my pain. Why should I try to understand any pain that he or she has? They're the ones who made the bad decision. They're the ones who did the wrong things. So why should I care about what they feel? They should care about what I feel. And if you choose to do it that way, you can. But the likelihood of your marriage ending is extremely high. If you want to put the marriage back together, understand that even if your wife in this particular case with this question, even if she's the one who made the bad decision and did the bad thing, mm -hmm. ending it, she may still feel grief. And you're thinking she doesn't have a right to. We're not talking about what a person has a right to. We're talking about what happens inside of human beings when they lose something that they felt was important to them, whether you think it should have been important to them or not. Mm -hmm. And so you can just reject. I don't want to do that. I'll just divorce them. And it's your choice. Or I believe that the person that my wife is inside or that my husband is inside is a good person. Mm -hmm. What he or she has done is bad. It's caused a lot of pain and a lot of damage, but I think that they basically are good people. Therefore, I'm going to try to understand them. And that's how you can get to that new marriage as you finally heal from this. And it doesn't happen overnight. But when you finally get to the point where you heal from this, where your marriage will actually be different than it was before, not because of the affair, but because of what you've learned about yourselves and each other through the affair and how you have learned how to understand each other's emotions, emotions, and how you have learned how to change the other person's emotions deeply. The third point is that when you're sharing your pain, or even when your spouse is sharing theirs, remember to be truthful, but not hurtful. 
So leave out the colorful language or any negative stories that you've painted in your mind about your spouse. Tell the truth about the pain that you feel, but try and focus on you and I, those I statements that we're talking about and not attacking, blaming, or being defensive against your spouse. So be truthful, but not hurtful. The fourth point is demanding that the other person do something that they are not yet ready to do or comfortable with is not going to help you save your marriage. It's actually going to push your marriage further down the road to divorce. So allow your spouse to be where they are and deal with the emotions that they're in right, right now while doing those consistent behaviors that can help attract them back to you. The fifth takeaway is to, to remember that in order to build trust, you need that accountability and responsibility. You need the stops you need the cores and working with one of our coaches can really, really help you do that well. And then finally, please get the help you need. A lot of people try and go through all of this on their own to do it themselves, maybe because of shame or bad experiences in the past of working with other people. But honestly, the best thing you can do is to partner with people like what we do at Marriage Helper through our courses, through our workshops, to guide you through exactly what you need to do to help you rebuild your marriage in the best way possible. And we have a great success rate at doing that. So Joe, tell our listeners about this workshop. Why is it so powerful and so effective? I mean, you are the creator of the workshop. There's no one better to hear it from than the man himself. But for over, for over 22 years now, we're on our 23rd year of this workshop and its power and efficacy. Tell us more. Well, I first started off working with marriages, thinking let's help marriages that are good become really good. And and that was a good goal. And we did that for a few years, but we kept running into couples who were having major crises. And we thought, okay, there's got to be something to do to help them. And so using tons and tons of research, uh, some was my research, reading a lot of other scholarly peer-reviewed research from around the world, we developed a three-day intensive workshop where couples come together. We have a limited number of couples that come together for that. Some we do in person and some we do online because of COVID. And over those three days, we teach an amazing amount of information, all scientifically valid, proven in social science research. So it's research-based. It's not like, this is my idea. That's my opinion. I read that book. It's about really good research, both ours and research done by other people. So we do a lot of teaching. And then people begin to see themselves, begin to understand themselves like, oh. And so we hear at the end of the workshop so often, now I understand me better than I ever have in my life. We don't do psychotherapy. <laughs> we just do teaching, but in such a way where we're open and relatable and couples get to talk and, and that, those kinds of things. And if a couple doesn't want to talk, like some guy says, I'm not going to share my secrets. He doesn't have to share his secrets, that kind of thing, but an interaction is three days. And, uh, over years and years of having done it, we have found that most couples who walk in the door have one spouse that really doesn't want to say the marriage at all, either because of, of having an affair partner or because of the fact that they feel they've been controlled or dominated or because of the fact that they just don't like the other person anymore. And so we know the majority of the people in the workshop have at least one spouse that wants out yet over the decades we've been doing this, we have found that more than 70% of those marriages make it and last. So it's a very powerful workshop. You'll learn a whole lot. Oh, and by the way, 99% of people who've been through it 
recommend it to others. Mm-hmm. If you want to know more, what you do is, uh, Kimberly, isn't there a way they can talk to one of our client representatives to yes. find out more information about this? Yes. If you go to marichopper.com and go to our workshops tab, there's a couple of different options. You can download our workshop brochure to find out more information. You can also schedule time to speak with one of our client relations reps where they can tell you more about the workshop, how it could be a good fit for you. And then you can also register for one of our webinars where we do frequently asked questions about the workshop specifically, the types of situations we've worked with, how it works, all of those things we talk about in the webinar. So you can get all of that or any of them by going to marriagehelper.com, go to the workshops tab. You can also click the link in the show notes as well. Hmm. We have a really cool video that we're going to end with in just one minute. Let me tell you about the next episode of this. Maybe some of you who are listening have been thinking to yourself, okay, I'm the one that's been in the affair. I don't know if I want to put this back together. And maybe another side of that where the other person's thinking, I'm the one that's been cheated on. I don't know if I want to put this back together. So how do you decide between the affair partner and the spouse? How do you decide whether to forgive and try to put things back together or in the marriage? We'll talk about that in the next episode of Relationship Radio. Enjoy this video. So we did this course, and I think the um, some of the best things are the amount of tools you get that you can utilize not only during the course, but you get to take home with you and utilize for weeks, months to come. Um, You know, for us personally, communication was a really tough one. And um, by learning to look at yourself inwardly, you teach yourself how to talk, communicate, break down some barriers, and um, just an incredible amount of tools, like useful things that um, I was probably, I wasn't closed off to coming, but I was maybe doubtful as to what was going to happen in this, and um, I just feel equipped to go forward from this. So. so in the way that I found out about this course was through my cousin, her and uh, her husband took this course, they're from Alberta. I just shared with her where we were at with some things and she said, well, uh, have I got something for you? And so she suggested Marriage Helper and I started with taking the Pies Boot Camp and the Smart Kit or the Smart Tool Kit. I think it is. There's a, quite a few things I feel like I've taken and read and the YouTubes and the, the information is just amazing. The workshop itself, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I was nervous and I was nervous because when I asked him, I I didn't want him to feel afraid to be here. Um, It's been great. The tools, taking the bricks off the wall, you don't realize half, we've been together 27 years and and bricks get put up. So we didn't realize that. This gave us the tools to learn how to take those bricks down. So I look forward to us learning to communicate and learning to get to know each other all over again. And it's because of Marriage Helper. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Please refer to the notes in the description to learn more about any resources mentioned in this episode. Please visit our website at marriagehelper.com for more information about our online courses, marriage workshops, and coaching. We exist to help save marriages and strengthen families. We look forward to interacting with you on the next episode of Relationship Radio.